Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I'm here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. Welcome back to the Birth Prep Podcast. Today, I want to chat with you guys about a, co- a question I get very often, um, and it's a it's a pretty valid question because given the statistics, like it's something you know that's hard to do and something not a lot of women do and accomplish and pull off. So, uh, we're going to be chatting about avoiding the epidural today. Now, I'm not going to sit here and educate you on the risks and the benefits. That is your job. I want you guys to always make an informed decision, and I want you guys to be the ones going to get that unbiased information, going and searching from all the, you know, the resources that you trust and all that stuff. So if you haven't done that work yet, I'm just going to assume you have. You've decided, I don't want the epidural. It's not for me. But if you haven't, here's the decision-making process I teach my students inside the birth prep course. You have a decision to make pain management options. We're going to figure out all the options that are available to us for that decision. And then we're going to weigh the risks, the benefits, the pros, the cons, the do's, the don'ts, whatever you want. Um, And you're going to weigh those and decide what is best for you, your baby, the experience that you're trying to create, etc. You are the best person to do this work, okay? Nobody else can do it through your values and morals and the wants and desires for your life in the future. It's your baby. Nobody loves that baby as much as you. So even if your doctor's been to school 10 plus years, your mom had 1,200 kids, you are the perfect person to do this work. Nobody else can do it better than you. Okay, let's dive into this because I, this was basically my entire first birth plan. Well, I wanted a vaginal birth, but besides that, my only other goal was avoiding the epidural. And I did. I did avoid the epidural. It was honestly never an option for me. It was completely off the table. It was something I never even thought twice about. It was not something I was going to be doing. And you might not be all the way there. And at that point, maybe you need some more information to confidently make that decision. And maybe it's like something you're like, well, I might I might do it if it comes down to it, you know, if I feel like I need to. And um you know, this might not be the training for you because we're trying to avoid it. I'm talking to the girls that really are like, I am dead set on walking out of there without getting the epidural. Just so you know, 67% of vaginal births have epidural usage. So this is not some like thing that most people are doing. Like you're, you're in the minority at this point. Not only is our system set up to breed the usage of epidurals, right? We, we need the pain management because they've made it such a painful experience for us. But you also have, you know, everybody and their mother telling you that epidurals are the best thing ever. I had so many people talk to me. I've had somebody, I had somebody offer to pay for it. Like, if it's a money thing, like, I've got it. Like, don't even worry about it. I want you to have it. Like, I literally don't want, like, I don't want it. Like, thank you, though. (laughs) But the amount of people that were like, well, you don't get a trophy. And like, why would you? And like, I would never, like, I did it both ways. And I would never imagine doing it natural again. I'm like, okay, well, that's you just, you know, really awesome for my mindset. You know, all these people telling me how bad it is and how awful it's going to be and how I'm going to be screaming for it at cer- a certain point. And that's the reality for people that are like, I want to do things different. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, good luck with that. It's like they're pushing their beliefs and their stories and their complexes onto you. And you just give those right back to them. Say, oh, no, thank you. I don't want any of that. I'm protecting my mindset. I am preparing myself for an experience that you have no clue about. You don't know about it. You don't, you've never had it. I'm doing something different and that's okay. 
Or yeah, maybe that was your experience avoiding the epidural, but I'm aiming for a different result here and I'm putting in the work to, to make it happen. And you can just, you know, laugh it off or whatever. But um, I really do want you guys to understand that those people that keep saying those things and pushing those stories on you, um, you don't have to carry those. You can give them right back. You are writing a new story here, whether it's your first baby or your, you know, fifth one. Maybe you've had an epidural with all the other ones and you're like, I'm doing it different this time. You're writing a new story here and you deserve to have the space to do so. I just had a birth debrief call the other day. Um, Originally, it was supposed to be a birth prep call, but it was scheduled on the day that she ended up going into labor. So this is why I tell you guys to schedule your calls 36 weeks or earlier. (laughs) But we had a great call, great birth debrief. And she had always been like, I'm going for the epidural again. It was so amazing last time. I'm going to get it every single time. And she pulled off a completely unmedicated birth experience. She didn't even get to the hospital until she was like eight centimeters. And she was like, I feel like a badass. And I was like, yes, you should. You did that. And I was so proud of her. And she seemed very proud of herself too. It sounded like she had a really positive experience and she had amazing support. And she she did the work to pull that off. She didn't even know. She was like in denial. Like I, that's what I did last time. I was like, I was in denial until like nine centimeters. I was like, oh, okay. Am I in labor? Is this real life? So you guys are totally capable of doing this work. If you are going to be avoiding the epidural, I have some tips for you. You absolutely, absolutely 1000%, even if you're preparing for a pain-free experience, you need to prepare for pain. You need to have a backup plan. Like, oh, well, it won't be that bad. My last one wasn't that bad. Well, what if this one is that bad? Always have a toolbox full of pain management techniques and options. They do not have to be medical. Um, If you're aiming for an all-natural experience, there are plenty of coping strategies that you can implement. Breathing techniques and relaxation exercises, um, your movement and positioning plays a huge part in your comfortability that day. Um, Massage, counter pressure, like some help from your team. Um, Hydrotherapy, one of my favorites, getting in the birthing tub or even a hot shower. A lot of these different things can help alleviate that pain and even promote relaxation during your labor experience. You can be practicing different labor positions and different pain management techniques with your partner in advance so you guys are ready to go in that day and everybody knows what to do. You guys, you're confident in your team's ability to support you, all the things. Um, The next thing I would suggest doing is create a very supportive birth environment. We just talked about how everybody has something negative to say. And if you walk in and your nurse is like, oh, well, he'll be begging for it soon, honey. Don't you worry. I'll get it ready for you. Ooh, maybe fire her. Maybe say, oh, I just told you it's not even going to be an option and nobody's going to be bringing it up. And you said, oh, you'll be begging for it. No, you're not aligned with my plan. You are not a good support person. You are not here to support me in achieving my goals. You're pushing your bias on me and you're telling me exactly how my experience is going to go down and you know nothing about me or my preparation or what my experience is going to look like. Creating a supportive and comfortable birth environment that's conducive for those natural pain management techniques is like key. Seriously, if you are giving birth outside of your home, I would suggest bringing things like comfort items, um, maybe some soothing music, dimming the lights, making it just really super comfortable. If you haven't heard this yet, we talk a lot about this, but the fear, tension, pain cycle. When fear enters the chat, tension enters your body, and that tension is what creates the pain during our labor and delivery experience. So the less fearful we are, quite literally, the less painful the experience. So if you go, you walk into this beautiful environment that's completely curated to support your needs and your goals for that day. 
you've informed yourself, you understand exactly how you want things to go down, you know what you'll be, you know, condoning, you know what you'll be completely shutting down and advocating for yourself for, a certain confidence, you know, that comes with that. It's really priceless. It changes, completely changes the dynamic of things. Part of a really supportive birth environment is your really supportive birth team. Having a supportive birth team, including your partners, any family members, maybe you've hired a doula, and as well as your healthcare providers and professionals, they're all there. Their whole entire purpose that day is to support you in achieving the goals you've set for your birth experience. This is not a light decision. This is a very, honestly, the people in your room can drastically change the dynamic that day drastically. I'm dead serious. The right people are going to create the right atmosphere and the wrong people are going to create a very bad environment for you to stay cool, calm, and collected in order to support your body as it births an entire human being. Once you have those people on your birth team, you know who's going to be in your space that day. And a lot of those people, if you're birthing at the hospital, you might not be meeting until that day. Make sure you are setting expectations. Maybe you have your partner ready to do that for you instead. Make sure, like delegate whatever you can, right? Your mental like energy is precious that day, even more so than your physical, in my personal and humble opinion. Um, not that I know from like major experience or anything. It's like life-changing. <laughs> Protect your mental energy at all costs. But definitely be setting those expectations, having the conversations. Do not let your birth plan, you know, be an excuse to not have those conversations. Hey, here's my sheet of paper that you're probably not even going to look at. Um, let's hope for the best. No, be setting those expectations. Be having the communication throughout the entire process hey, you know, how are we, how's our pain? You want to, you want that epidural now? No, I told you I wasn't having that epidural. Please do not bring it up again. Absolutely not. <laughs> now, a lot of people will, will tell you that there's a huge importance of setting realistic expectations and being flexible with your, with your, you know, plan and all that stuff. Um, I don't, I don't love that advice. I do believe, you know, birth plans, can fly out the window at any point in time. Emergencies happen all the time. Um, but I, I also believe that we as a society as a whole, you know, are not preparing for our plan. And that's the problem. That's why birth plans fly out the window probably most of the time. I would assert that. It's like when we aren't doing the preparation work, what's the point of the plan? You have this whole beautiful plan that, you, you know, this essentially this list of decisions. Like, is it really a plan? Like, do you have an actually like, like, thought out plan you have a vision for your birth I might just start calling it a vision um you know like a you know your ideal experience it's not just a list of preferences I always compare birth to running a marathon if you're going to sign up for the race and you are going to make this awesome training plan but you never actually do the work <laughs> what are your odds of success that day you're going to show up and win I mean, you might, anything can happen that day, but your odds of success are probably quite literally on the floor. And it's the same thing for birth. You can make the plan. If you don't ever prepare yourself for that plan, your odds of success are on the floor. It's just the truth. That's why I'm so passionate about the preparation work. I'm like, I can teach you guys how to make a plan. I can tell you all the things, but like, unless you're going to back that with like execution and preparing yourself, like I can't help, I can't help you do that work. This is work you have to do. I obviously like hold your hand throughout like the birth prep course. I teach you all the things to do and how to apply it to your specific situation. But as far as like the actual execution, no, I can't help you there, honey. Now, I wanted to talk about one more thing before we wrap this up. This will just be a quick one today. Um, but I wanted to talk about overcoming challenges and fears because, you know, there's a lot of common concerns and fears that are associated with avoiding the epidural, um, most especially like the fear of the pain or 
Uh, maybe you don't really know about the alternative options, and then that's just really an, a space for more education. Go and get that information that you need. Um, but there can be a lot of fear in avoiding the epidural, just like there can be a lot of fear in opting for the epidural because it comes with a lot of risks. You are capable of managing that fear and um, coping with the discomfort during labor. Uh, you can, you know, use visualization, positive affirmations, mindfulness techniques, uh, the, you know, the mindset work. I actually, I'll put the link to the mindset workbook in the show notes for you guys. It's a free resource for you. And it walks you through some of my favorite like mindset uh, tools, I guess, that you can start using. Ones that I use with my students all the time, clients. Um, they're really, they're really helpful. But the more we can address that fear, the more we can, you know, try to minimize, not minimize, but work through it and try to be like, hey, I know you're scared, but like, here's some evidence to back up why we're choosing this. Like, there's a reason why we're choosing to avoid the epidural. Let's remind ourselves, hey, little brain, we're freaking out. We're scared of the pain that's probably going to come on that day. But like, hey, we made this entire huge plan. We've been practicing these, you know, these affirmations and these labor positions and the mindset tools. And and we've been practicing the pain management techniques. We have our team ready to support us. We know exactly how we want to do things that day. Our birth, ex- our birth space is going to support us as well. We've got this little brain. Stop freaking out. If you get to the point where you're like, I'm freaking out. This is not what I expected. I want to make sure that you're prepared to make a decision, a new decision from an informed place if it comes down to it. Have you looked into the risks and benefits of the epidural? Even if you've decided I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it. What if you get to the point that you do? I don't like to say that, but like, let's be honest, you need to be educating yourself. If and when you get to that point, um, you don't want to be like, yes, give it to me and have no clue what you're signing yourself up for. Whether you know about the risks or not, you assume those risks as soon as you say yes. Another thing I wanted to quickly touch on is, like, let's think about what creates the extra pain during our birth experience. How can we create a less painful experience? Obviously, the mindset work, we've already touched on that, doing the, you know, getting through those fears and stuff. Um, But what can we do as far as protecting our body's natural flow of things? Um, That would look like avoiding unnecessary interventions. Now, interventions are not bad, but they are used unnecessarily. Ask me how I know. (laughs) With my first birth experience, it could have been so much easier had they left me alone. I was in absolutely no position to be rushed along as as fast as I was. Um, I got there. I was about five or six centimeters, um, definitely in active labor, and they got me all checked in. And as soon as I got there, they were like, all right, we're going to hook you up to Pitocin. And then I was on Pitocin. And then they were like, okay. You know, they come in a couple hours later and like, all right, we're going to break your waters. And they broke my waters. And then it's like, it got really rough really fast because my body's natural flow of things was disrupted. I also went in because of a membrane sleep. So, so right off the bat, I was going in for an induction that I wasn't even aware of because I, um, I had no clue. I wasn't informed enough. When you start to inform yourself on, hey, here's how they are manufacturing so much pain in this experience, like Pitocin absolutely one bajillion percent creates more pain. It's just, it's just a fact. (laughs) And that might not be your experience for whatever reason, but from all of the women I have talked to over the last few years and my experience myself, having had Pitocin with, uh, with three of my kids and not with the other two, And the Pitocin ones were medicated. 
not with epidural, but with IV pain management. And um, they were worlds, worlds harder than my natural birth experiences because Pitocin is synthetic. And yes, it creates the same result, but it does not work the same way as oxytocin, which is the natural hormone that your body produces in order to create those contractions. With Pitocin, you don't really get a break. So contractions in, in their natural state they, you know, they start low and they go up until they peak and then they come back down, kind of like going up and down a hill. Um, and with Pitocin, it can just look like you're like flying through the air the whole time above the hills, you know? I remember like watching my contraction monitors in the hospital and like after I got Pitocin, it was just so different from before I got it. So consider the interventions that could be at play that day and what you might want to avoid in hopes of avoiding the epidural. So I'll quickly touch on all these points again. First and foremost, you need to understand epidurals, how they work, the potential risks and benefits. Look into the common misconceptions. I had a coaching client, this was a while ago, but she was like, yeah, I'm going to do the epidural. It's FDA approved. Why wouldn't I? I'm like, oh, but it's not girlfriend. It's literally not. <laughs> and honestly, if you're basing all your decisions based off the FDA, like I got some questions there too, but like make sure you guys are informing yourselves, please. There are a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of misinformation. Make sure you guys are going directly to um, the packets, like the, not the packets. What's the word I'm looking for? Inserts. So you can Google the epidural insert, like the medication, like package where the manufacturer has to provide the ingredients and the side effects and all the information from the manufacturer is going to be inside of that package insert. To my knowledge, you can find the, um, gosh, I don't even know how to say this, but it's Marcane bouvacaine hydrochloride injection that's what's going in your epidural like the epidural is like a catheter and it puts medication into that epidural spot in your back um but the medication itself is not called an epidural but if you if you google like epidural package insert you'll find it but the fda has it and pfizer um has those inserts available for you guys the next you guys are going to need to explore your non-medicated pain management techniques or other pain management technique options, medic medical ones, you know, laughing gas, the IV pain meds, whatever you feel comfortable enacting in your birth space. Make sure you guys are building out your toolkit for that um, and just being prepared for that pain. Number three, we're going to create a supportive birth environment. We're going to make sure that that environment is built to support our goals that day. Number four, we're going to build our strong support team. Everybody in the room that day is there to support us. We want to make sure they are prepared to do so, willing and able. <laughs> Some providers will not be willing or even able to support your goals for your birth experience. This is good information to know ASAP, okay? <laughs> Number five, educate yourself and set those expectations. Make sure you are having the conversations with everybody. Make sure you're getting any information that you still need to get your hands on. And then step six, we're going to be overcoming those fears, working on our mindset, just preparing to have that experience, you know, run smoothly. How can you set yourself up for success? Make sure you are doing that work. All right, that is all that I have for you today. I just wanted to tell you guys that I have some awesome stuff coming. I am putting the finishing touches on a new little course for you guys called the birth plan method. You guys are the first to hear about it and I'm super stoked about it. I'm going to be able to offer it at such an incredible price point for you guys too. And that just makes me really happy. <laughs> so that's coming soon. I also have a workshop coming soon. Um, I'm not going to tell you any details about that yet, but keep your eyes out because it's coming. All right. 
If you are looking for a birth education course in your preparation for your birth experience, consider the birth prep course. It might not be for you. I want you guys to thoroughly weigh your options as with every single thing that you do for your birth experience. Choosing a childbirth education class is no different. There's one thing I will always suggest is taking a third party, which means not provided by the hospital that profits off of you being uninformed. Like let's let's stop taking the childbirth classes at the hospital, okay? We left that in 2023. My girlies are learning the things they actually need to know. Not to just be a good patient, but to be the head girly in charge that day. No more deer in headlights, no more none of that. We are going to take charge of our birth space and the birth prep course helps you do that. I will leave the link for that in the show notes if you guys wanna check out more information. And as always, you guys can slide in my DMs on Instagram or shoot me an email. And I would be happy to answer any questions you have about the birth prep course. I'll also, as promised, leave that link for the free mindset workbook. That thing is a really great tool. So make sure you grab it. Um, I'm going to be retiring some freebies soon and putting them inside the birth prep course. Um, And I think that's one of them. So grab it while you can. Okay. All right, girlies have a beautiful week. I hope you guys are doing so well. I hope babies are doing well. You guys are preparing all the things. I'm so proud of you guys for doing this work. Seriously, you guys are rock stars and I'm so honored to be along with you on this journey. Seriously, this is like my favorite freaking job I've ever had and I'm so excited to continue to do it for a very long time. I'm grateful you're here. I'm praying for you guys. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. I will talk to you guys again on Thursday. I have a episode full of birth and birth prep affirmations coming your way as requested. I do not want to do this. I'm like, I don't have the voice for that, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it for you guys. And you're going to let me know how, how you like it. Okay. Until then, as always, happy prepping.